0: This is Josie Cotton, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a
1: deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself; I can't afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it.
2: Well, tomorrow's just a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room, you know her best from the song Johnny Are You Queer. She's an amazing singer, she's an amazing songwriter, and finally, her music is going to be available to the public once again. Please welcome Josie Cotton. Good morning, Josie.
0: Hey Pat,
2: how are you? Uh,
0: well, you first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm good. Or I just want. Are you in Los Angeles? Because that's where I am. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in
0: Los Angeles. Excellent. Yeah. And,
2: and how are you, how are you doing with the lockdown?
0: Well, I go in and out of sanity, uh, right, <laughs> uh, several times a day. I'm. I think I'm sane, and then I'm not. And and uh, you know, I'm breathing. I think that's a very good sign. <laughs> right. Um, all in all. The bar has become really low.
2: <laughs> are you alone? Are you uh, are you are you isolating with someone?
0: I'm. Uh, if you think of uh, pets as someone's, sure. I, I have uh, I have three cats and a dog, and uh, that's my my little family. And I I do have really close friends who are my you know my chosen family. So right. that's about it. Yeah.
2: All right. Solo mio. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, look, as long as you have, as long as you have, uh, you know, that support system and you still got to take care of those pets, they're depending on you. So, yeah. uh, so that's good. If you didn't have them, it might get a little dicey, but I'm glad I the, think. I'm glad you have those because uh, they are they don't know what's going on.
0: They, they really don't have any idea. They have
2: no clue. <laughs>
0: Much like me. <laughs> we, we share that.
2: <laughs> so Josie, uh, I wanted to talk to you because um, finally your music is becoming available again for a long time. It was hard to get Josie Cotton CDs and and downloads and all this good stuff. So what, why is it finally happening?
0: Well, uh, what happened was I, I kept putting out uh, records and uh, um, putting them out myself. So uh, they would end up in um, odd corners of the world, and uh, when when I realized uh, from a publishing company that they they were uh, uh, going to you know there strange people were involved in it, and people I didn't know were getting paid, and I and I wasn't, and it was um, it was a time to. Um, uh, put everything onto one, um, label and take it all off the internet, uh, slowly. Um, we've been doing that, my label kitten robot and, um, on this one amazing team I have. And so slowly, um, you have to take it out uh, so that you can just start fresh and reboot it all. So uh, we've been doing that in. um, it's been really fun you know it's i mean it's what a great thing to ha- be able to do during this pandemic because a lot of people never heard these records right and um and so people um you know on social media who were fans from you know thousands of years ago um kind of reintroducing uh, them to the the things i was doing um when no one could find me.
2: Exactly, exactly, and that's that's the good thing is during this pandemic you had the time to focus on doing this. I mean, a normal year you might be touring or maybe recording or what, whatever other projects you have, but now that you're hunkered down, you could really focus on this. And you're, uh you formed you mentioned it. The label is Kitten Robot Records.
0: Yes, yes, and that's you. And, uh, that's well, it's me and it's. Uh, I've I've uh, some various partners. Uh um, um Paul Rossler from the Screamers is uh is my partner in it, and Bruce Duff, who um was at Triple X for years and years, and just some really great uh individuals. It's a whole networking team of uh you know, wonderful talented people. I mean, I think it's the best group I've ever had around me. Oh, and that's good. Yeah, well yeah. it makes all the difference. Uh you know that they have your back and that they're good at their jobs and that they're, once again, this, the sanity uh, like comes into, <laughs> like, they're sane. It's, like, amazing with no major psychological problems, I, you know, I would say. Right. So, um, so, but just enough to be interesting. I'd and, also say that.
2: And probably number one is they they care about the music. They're not just in it for the money. You want to surround yourself with people that are in the Josie Cotton game, they, they, they love you and they love your music. And those are the people you want to work with.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, God, that's the truth. Uh, nothing worse than to be on a label and they don't get you and they don't like you and they, and they want you to go away or, you know, that's, that's not a great, uh, you know, cause people, artists, they want to be, Heard and they want to be loved and it's kind of a sad like <laughs> a joke. Sure, sure. <laughs> I need, but um, uh, it, it really does help when people aren't faking it uh, right. in your presence. And and uh, and at first it was all Josie Cotton all the time, which is a little embarrassing because I was the only one on the label. And uh, but we we sp- uh, began signing other uh, artists, and that's been wonderful. That's cool. So yeah so that's lovely and we get to um you know do it based on uh, uh well talent and and then bringing something to the table it's not like we're we're finding you know raggedy uh you know folk singers and i don't know in, a, in the alley or something it's like these are people who really have gotten a certain to the a certain extent they have their whole brand for lack of a better word and and in all of the um You know, the skills that go along with that in in varying degrees. So that's that's lovely, too, to be able to help other people.
2: You know, when your first album came out, you were 26 years old. So with age and maturity comes wisdom. Like back then, you might not have even realized if the label was just giving you lip service because you were probably just so excited to to have a record deal at that time.
0: Well, by the time I had a record out, I had already had three different label deals, so it was not like brand new, gotcha. fluffy, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> morning, uh, you know, it was wonderful. I had already been uh, through the ringer by the time my first album came out, and uh, so I, I wasn't uh, under any illusion of what it was going to be. So
2: 1982 convertible music, which now you can get it's back.
0: Well, what's so funny is that record, they, they went out of print, the, the um, like a lot in the eighties, yeah. you know, 1986, they stopped making it and they never put it on CD, which was, which was so insane to me. Like, how am I supposed to pay you back all the money you say? I owe if you never put it out on CD, we right. don't make records anymore. And, and, uh, so that was a mystery. Um, uh, but now I got the rights back uh, to the, those records from Electra, which is what all artists from the 80s uh, have the right to do. Yeah. Um, and it was an accident. I found out there's not, not like they're telling you, notifying you of your right. There's a time there's a time limit, a window. And I was able to you know, crawl through the window. <laughs> and it's amazing feeling to have the rights to your your original material. It's, a, it's just incredible.
2: So do you actually, do you own the masters or how's yes. this work? You do own the masters own and what's the process for, for people who aren't in the record business and aren't in the know, yeah. what is the process for taking, uh, getting your music back after the, after, you know, this much time. Well,
0: essentially it's just uh, some paperwork um, uh, in the mail uh, on the, you know, on your computer. It's uh, it was a situation where, they had either lost or, or uh, d- you know, destroyed or uh, somehow misplaced my masters, so okay. they didn't exist. But what I um, I got the rights to was the the digital, you know, the the rights to make it into other another product. Okay. You know, like so, it's it's all digital domain, and then I I can make, which I did. I made. Remastered in the original album, both of them, and um, and then we put it on CD because it was never done, and and uh, you know all of that, and uh, p- people just really seemed so excited, and uh, it was it was kind of great.
2: It is fun. It's fun when these albums that you remember um, from your youth come back around, and you're able to get them because you know for for so many years you talk about these records. And people are like, I don't need, I don't know who that is. I don't know what you're talking about. And it, that's, that's not cool. So I'm glad that we have the records again. Thank you. So let's talk about the first record. Uh, again, you said released on Electro records. Now, when you made the first record, did the label, did the label leave you alone? How, how hands-on were they or did, were, did they just like what you did? And so they were willing to let you go and just record.
0: Well, um, they trusted us to a certain extent because we'd already had this kind of a mega uh, explosion with Johnny Are You Queer. Uh, it was a single that came out on bomb first. So uh, they did trust my producers to um, to go in and um, without much supervision. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that was good. You know, there was technical difficulties in the middle of it. it took a lot longer than we thought. and. So it became uh, just a kind of tense towards the end there, and the machines were doing odd things. You know, I think it was one of my favorite records. uh,
2: It's a great one. Now, are you are you tired of talking about Johnny? Are you queer? I would think that it could get exhausting if that's because yeah. everyone's going to ask you about that. You sure. have you have to play it at every show. It's just yeah. it's just kind of part of you. But um, are you be honest? Are you sick of talking about it?
0: Well, it depends on the kind of questions I'm asked. Right. Uh, uh, sometimes people ask me questions that I think about it in a totally new way. It's It's actually there's a lot of different layers to that record in that time mm-hmm. and what, and what happened and the political you know, ramifications of, of the song and, and what happened to me and my story. And so, um, you know, there's, well, when someone asked me, was Johnny, queer controversial <laughs> to me? I mean, to me, that's like astounding that someone wouldn't consider that, you know, uh, but then, you know, then not everyone was around that time. Not everyone was listening to the radio. So, right. So I, I, I just go with it now. I don't even care anymore.
2: <laughs> I kind of feel that it might be more controversial today if you released it. You, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Cause queer means people embrace the word queer. Now I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm the father of, of uh, a gay college student and it's a, uh, you know, it's different now. It, and back then some, sometimes that word could have been derogatory. But it it wasn't. But in the way that you meant it in the song, it was not derogatory. I just just want to point that out.
0: Yeah, and um, and what was so interesting was somebody asked me um, uh, on on Sirius Radio. um, They they said, "Well, it it would have been so much easier to put it out now than back then." And I I really I I agree with you. I, I think that if that song hadn't. If that word had, hadn't been defanged, or whatever you want to call it, or right. made you know uh, safe to, for people to use and not use it in a hateful way, and just to have it be a source of fun and humor and uh, and uh, you know that, with with that kind of a message, I think uh, if someone came up now with that word and had not been gone through the you know the trials of hell <laughs> that right. I went through it over it. I think there'd be some political correctness yeah, going on. I, I believe I so, too. Think, I don't think someone would um, You're the first person who's agreed with me on, on that, too. Uh, uh, I think it would just be big trouble uh, uh, with, uh, you know, all kinds of people. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's that's a good you know, point.
2: I also uh, it makes me mad when people will refer to this as a novelty song. I think that I feel like that's diminishing uh, the pop rock credibility of mm-hmm. this fun song. I, I really, I'm sure you might feel the same way. Um, it's not a yeah. novelty song. It's not the streak. It's not something frivolous. It's uh, no, no. It's, it's more it, than uh, that.
0: It was. It was more than that. It, w- it was um, um, something I refer to as uh, an atom bomb. <laughs> you know, like. Right. It, it really had a huge reverberation and um there was some um people who didn't have any idea there was controversy and those are the the people who who loved the idea of that you know that word being brought into you know their vernacular and and um and uh, it was it, there was a comedy element that made that word okay And yes. and um it, you know in the song because the girl was so naive she had no idea you know right uh, so uh, but uh the way you know it wasn't a novelty song was was the way the world reacted to it i, I mean it was banned in amsterdam novelty songs <laughs> you know about no. bikinis right. <laughs> polka dot bikinis um you know it's it, it wasn't that i was i was uh attacked by you know the religious right the um the televangelical community said I was actually a man trying to, you know, get people to be homosexuals, and I—they had me at half speed on the television. I—I I, I saw it with my own eyes, and and uh, I always tell people I—I I sounded just like Brian Wilson, like at half speed, and and they're screaming and crying, you know, like uh, I'm just so. That once—that's another sign that it's not a novelty sign. I, I was, you know, banned by the Catholic Church, you know, banned in Amsterdam, and uh, and even some of the gay community in, in on the East Coast uh, had a um, had an issue with it. And I I understand uh, I didn't at the time, but looking back, I, I I do think it was right around when AIDS came out, yeah. and and there there probably was some sensitivity. Um, regarding who is this girl you know coming out but the schizophrenic nature of it was that on the west coast it was it was uh it was a a a song for the masses to like be cheering it was um it was it was embraced and i had so many gay men come up and tell me over the years that that was a song that made them know it was okay to be gay and thanking me so uh, you know, crying and thanking me and, and all these stories of the first time they heard the song. I mean, it uh, really was, uh, you know, quite a, a voyage to go well, through that song. Well,
2: it's all worth it then when you have uh, that faction of people that will come up to you and tell you how much it meant to them personally. Yes, it yes. kinda It kind of wipes away any of the nonsense from uh, the religious right or, or whatever else was happening. It only takes one or two people to uh to make you feel better for sure
0: well yeah i mean that's true i mean i mean the irony is you know when we were uh shopping around trying to get a a deal um uh irs records they they said well we want to sign her this is when the irs you know that was like
2: yeah the go-go's and everything yeah
0: and 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 they said if she'll drop that song we want to sign her that's shocking and my producers said, "Who wrote the Pain Brothers?" They wrote the song and uh, uh, they said, "Well, it's up to you, which I thought that was pretty big of them and, yeah. I, and, I, and I said and i said well if i if if I drop the song, then I'm really starting off uh, kind of prostituting myself from the beginning you yep. know." And then I said, maybe I'll, I'll wait and prostitute myself later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't, you you can't start your career as a dishonest artist. You can't do that. And uh, Valley girl had no problem putting it in the movie.
0: Yeah. That was amazing. uh, that they, 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 that brave, because there was corporate backlash at that point. And um, uh, to me, and uh, so uh, that, I thought that was pretty brave of of a Martha Coolidge to insert that uh, song. And at that point, uh, it, it was it, the word was uh, you know, a neutral word. and, right. and I, I have to say, when I see all the ways it's used now and and uh, in all kinds of ways and and these kids, they just don't have any idea, you know, i I actually took a bullet for that song right.
1: What makes a life a good one?
2: well it's well it's lgbtq so there it is it's right there
0: yeah Yeah, so um anyway so that i mean that's i'm the johnny are you queer girl i will always be that so that's fine well you're
2: well that's that's our starting point but then you're much more than that josie first album it's a great album uh does prescott niles does he play on the first album
0: no, I I hadn't met Prescott at, at that point. Okay,
2: but he he was uh, in your in some of your touring bands.
0: Oh yeah, he was, and he was all over the second record. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. he's been on the show, and that's why I ask because uh, I love his playing, and uh, and he's fun. So oh,
0: he's he's the best bass player. My gosh, he's
2: amazing. The Knack was on a break, so you could uh, you could have him for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, I borrowed him uh, from the <laughs> Knack. <laughs>
2: so three songs on the Valley Girl soundtrack: Johnny, Are You Queer? He could be the one, and school's in. That's great. And you were in the movie, you in the band.
0: I was, I was in the movie and, and, and they'd asked for a song that I had written systematic way. And I went, oh no, uh, I've learned since, but you know, oh no, a school is in is perfect for Valley girl. You know, don't use my song that I wrote the, you know, <laughs> use this song. So that was always been a point of, you know.
2: Yes. Uh, Cause just, if you, if you I get wrote, a song that you wrote on a soundtrack that, yeah. uh, that's money, yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh well you you know better now yeah I do so Electra was okay with releasing Johnny Are You Queer as a single also
0: uh they um well they I mean it's it's a mixed bag you know they 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 did it first and then they they got cold feet they basically um they basically pulled it from um Uh, from radio, it it got okay. But when I, by the time I got there, it had been okayed for AM radio. Okay. If there there was a beep for the word queer.
2: Wow. And,
0: uh, but it was going to be all over AM radio and they pulled it. They decided not to go with it. And, uh, I think they regretted signing me and, and, and having anything to do with the song because there was all this corporate, you know, reaction and whatnot.
2: All right. Well, let's move on from that. We got it all out of the way uh, up top. Let's talk about the other albums and the other music. I'd like to talk about you. uh, You were born in Texas. You're from Dallas.
0: Yeah, I'm from I'm from Dallas. Yeah.
2: And when did you come to L.A.? What age?
0: Uh, I was like, uh, you know, like 20 something, you know, just young.
2: And just uh, you came here for music.
0: If to music for music. Yeah. Yeah. To be a songwriter.
2: Uh, and any, uh, any musical people in your family? None. So, nope.
0: I, but my, my, uh, the guy I thought was my father was a ballet dancer. I grew up in a ballet studio, a lot of artists around me. So, okay. so there was that influence for sure.
2: So were you, were your uh, was your mom open to you pursuing music as a career? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. She, there was no problem with that. She thought it was cute, you
2: know? Yeah. Cause sometimes there is though, you know what I mean? Like parents, yeah. no, I want you to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. And it's, uh... No.
0: Yeah. That was fine. <laughs> it was, it was okay. She was just, she was happy. I found something I loved and.
2: Uh... Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, look, if you don't have a su- your supportive parents uh, it's tougher. So that's good that uh, you yeah, had that support. Cotton is not your real last name, correct? Oh.
0: Well, no, um,
2: Josie Jones. Yeah. Why did you change it? I think Josie Jones sounds pretty cool too.
0: I like that too. And I almost used it. Um, um, when I, when I was, uh, uh, you know, when I first met my producers, the Payne brothers and I said, and my mom had gotten married like six times. I had so many fathers and so many names and uh, I, and they said, "Well, what name you want to use?" And I said, "Well, I want to use the name I was born with, Josie Jones. <laughs> I've never gotten to use it because she was just going through you know husbands and um, and so this well, that would be nice, but we're already we already are producing someone named John Jones ah, okay. and uh, so you can't use your name and so it, he it was just you know going through the list of you know, companies my you know family had and whatnot and It was a combination of things that he came up with that one. I actually have a cousin whose name is Melissa Cotton Josie. So it's a family name.
2: All right. Well, that's good. Cool. Yeah. I was just curious. I was just curious. Um, (laughs) So when you get to LA, what do you, what do you start doing first? Are you, how, how did you get into the business? Were there clubs that you could just go to and get time and perform?
0: Well, I was, uh, I was, kind of more interested in, in being a songwriter. And so I had my tapes, I had made demo tapes and um, uh, was uh, going around to record companies and making more demo tapes and writing. I really wasn't performing out here, um, but I, I, I ran into um, one of the Payne brothers in uh, in, in a bank <laughs> and uh, we became friends and... Um, and then found out that they had, you know, a, a studio and they were songwriters, he and his brother. So, I mean, mine was just basically uh, that, you know, in, in running into someone at the at the you know, set to Hollywood Sunset and Vine, you know, just ridiculous Hollywood story. But um, that was it. You know, um, uh, I just, you know, was kicked out of all kinds of record companies <laughs>
2: That's such a, ra- that's, that's such a Holly. You're right. That's such a Hollywood story. Just a random meeting at a bank. Like, uh, you know, yeah. there is a bit of luck and coincidence yeah. in the entertainment business for sure.
0: Well, it, there better be, I mean, that, that's one of the <laughs> elements that uh, it's the, it's the one you can't really plan for a little bit of uh, you know, synchronicity or whatever you want
2: to call it. Now, as far as your music goes, I don't like the pigeonhole music, but what what would you call it? I mean, calling it girl pop kind of seems dismissive to me. So, what the,
0: the first two records? Yes, I would say it's uh, new wave uh, uh, pop.
2: All right, mm-hmm. yeah, you're definitely in that uh, in that realm with those two records. When you were touring back then, who were some of the bands that you were opening for?
0: Um. Well, I. Um, we didn't do a whole lot of touring uh but I did open up for ABC um uh, in uh when I was in New York and um and uh and then um uh I uh, I, I did a few you know like festivals where mm-hmm. M- Missing Persons was playing in Berlin and and uh, those kind of bands, that's my, and Owen oh, Sparks. I played a lot of shows with Sparks.
2: This all makes sense. And, these, uh, that these are all good shows. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just, no, you, and, oh, and, the Stray, and Stray Cats and Oingo Boingo. I also did some shows with them.
2: So perfect. That was fun. You I believe uh, just in, uh, I guess some of the last shows that happened out here in LA, you and you and Missing Persons performed together out here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh-huh. And, um, and the girl from Bow Wow Bow Wow Wow, <laughs> if yeah. I could say it. And, uh, it was going to be ladies from the eighties <laughs> in San Francisco, which I was excited about. It was a real rock club and, um, not a huge venue, which, which I like, um, you know, a few hundred people, but, um, yeah. So there was all kinds of touring set up for this year. I'm, I'm, I'm not alone in that, but it was, it was hard for all my musician friends, you know, to be, you know, grounded right as things are going. Yeah. You know, we have to keep to- our
2: fingers crossed for 2021 that you guys get to get back out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Let's talk about the second album, 1984 from the hip. Yeah. Kicks off with a great song. Jimmy loves Marianne. I love it so much.
1: Yeah. Such a cool a good tune. Good just mm-hmm.
2: Was the uh was the label were they still like pushing Josie Cotton music for the second album because this one really seems like it just uh, I don't know got lost.
0: It did get lost. Um, I think they uh, they had uh, you know uh, were having you know issues. I don't know what happened, but um, the 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 record uh, the that's that song actually charted. Um, and um, did quite well, but um, they they were on a firing spree, and uh, you know they fired their CEO, and and uh, they fired my producers, and and uh, Roy Thomas Baker came in and finished the record, and uh, and uh, he was also the CEO, <laughs> it was, uh, but he. Um, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, that was not, you know, like that wasn't my favorite experience uh, in, in recording and, and uh, th- things were just kind of, you know, the, they were falling apart. I would say on the first record, things were, you know, exploding, you know, into this beautiful uh, kind of dream. And then that was when the dream was kind of <laughs> like fading away.
2: That's so sad. I mean, that's that's such a... And up and then down so quickly. And from an as an outsider, when I look back, you know, eighty three, eighty four, that's when Madonna and Cyndi Lauper were breaking big. And I would think that Electra yeah. Records would say, Oh, well, we have that right here with Josie Cotton. She's our yeah. mm-hmm. v- version of that, if I if I if I can um and again I said I didn't like to pigeonhole and there I'm doing it. But you know what I mean. I they could have yeah. I mean look you were uh you were easy on the eyes and the music was great uh I feel they dropped the ball not and I'm sure you feel that too not yeah. you know pushing you in a big way it it just um it just yeah, doesn't it make sense. sense yeah it I does not make sense
0: that's what i said but uh you know so i uh <laughs> i left i mean i you know i i got out of there and then uh, went on this whole other musical journey, you know, of uh, other, so anything that was didn't remind me of Josie Cotton. <laughs> it was just
2: you just yeah. wanted to put that behind you. I want to mention though, there's uh, there's the song on uh, from the hip that another song I like is Gina. has a very western uh, country yeah. music feel to it because that's that's kind of in your dna too from being from right. from dallas because a lot of the music does have like a like a country western poppy yeah. fusion to it which totally. is cool
0: yeah that you- was the Payne brothers um you know they uh they had that element of that the western guitar which i always loved um and, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, I still using that. Uh, that's something that's continued. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes, it has. And we'll talk about that. Um, so in 1986 you do record another album though. Everything is, Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: but that wasn't released at the time.
0: Yeah. I, um, I was recording it. I'd already been dropped by Electra and, um, so I, I decided just to, uh, but I had all these songs and, and we were, uh, you know, wanting to go ahead, so we just uh, just recorded a record, and then um, and then they they started hearing that I was recording or uh, my old management and and uh, various people um, in the industry, and that that kind of terrified me a bit. I just I had so it was like anytime I thought of the music business, it was like someone was like I don't know like stepping on my, I don't know, my solar plexus or something. It was like, I couldn't, I I really would just feel sick to my stomach. I don't know. I mean, this was my experience. I'm sorry to be dragging
2: you. No, no, it's good. It's good because (laughs) I I think it's good to hear these stories because you, you achieve your goal of becoming a recording artist. You get signed by a major label, you get two albums out and then you're dropped and now you're recording just because that's what you do right. and people hear that you're recording and that starts to worry you. And now, now you're feeling anxious about doing what you, your, your life's work, your love. Yeah. And that's a, well, that's a terrible yeah. feeling.
0: Well, in you know um yeah, just to be on a label and not have anybody on, in your corner. Cause I had always had a production team and my band and, and it was, it was just terrifying to me. And uh, it didn't sound fun or uh, something that would bring me, um, you know, the thing that was so shocking to me was how, um, how really they really didn't know what they were doing a lot of the times. And, and it, the, 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 I, I know I always kept saying, uh, can't Coca-Cola manage me because they seem to get, they know how to keep the drinks in the stores. And like, why is this so hard with, with these people? They're supposed to be professionals. I just never understood, you know, how that, uh, how that worked. But um, it just seemed the competence level was, was, was not as high as you would think.
2: Just Um, think of all the great artists that are out there that never even were able to, get to the level that you did oh, because yeah. they didn't, they didn't have, you know, the correct backing and the correct management and the correct people in yeah. the corner. I mean, it's really, it's sad. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: It's sad. it's sad. And I, some of the most talented people i ever met never, never got a record deal, but there's always some weird like element. There's maybe an odd manager mm-hmm. or the, or the person had some personality quirk. There's always some, Thing odd, But, but the, the stuff that net people never heard. I, I mean, it's, it's, re- it's remarkable. The, the talent that yeah. got wasted,
2: you know, from that time, it also works the opposite way. A m- mediocre artist can have amazing backing and be a yes. superstar. And you're just like, well, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, I could never put that together. I was confused a lot.
2: I, <laughs> I was like, You're confused, and you were in it and you're confused. So imagine how an outsider yeah. like me uh, looks upon your career and feels. So great songs on uh, Everything Is Oh Yeah. You finally got to release it in 2019. So yeah. we can finally hear it. The title track is amazing. I love the song Boulevard. That might be my favorite.
0: Oh, thank you. I
2: thought all these tapes were lost,
0: and um, uh, so when I we found them in just bizarre places—a garage and rafters—and you know, and uh, I'd saved them from a fire and, and all kinds of like stories connected to those two-inch gigantic master tapes. They don't, they don't even make anymore, but. Um, and we were listening to it I still it, it still made me feel weird to hear this, that, that record it reminded me it was just some kind of DNA reaction and then I, I heard that song Boulevard I was sitting there and I like, oh wow that 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 made me emotional that was because we yeah. that was a, such a heartfelt song for me um, so that was like wow and then when I heard the duet when, when Brian Setzer did uh the night before. And, uh, you know, and that was like, wow, people need to hear this. This is really good. That's a
2: cover of the Beatles song.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah, which is—it uh, sounds like a terrible idea, but I, I think it turned out really,
2: really good. <laughs> well, that's the thing about music. You said you listen to this, uh, listen to this, and it still kind of makes you feel. Mm. But uh, that's the beauty of music. It can, it can either take you back to a great time in your life, or it can take you back yeah. to a miserable time. And no matter how many times you listen to that song, it's going to make you feel that way. Absolutely. But I'm glad that I'm glad that album finally got released. So now there's a lot of time now between, you know, from the hip and until you release new music, mm-hmm. what does it, what do you, what does Josie Cotton do during that period? I mean, to keep a, like, did you, did you earn enough money from the, the touring and the first two records to support yourself or what, what did you have to do?
0: Well, um, I had a, a recording studio okay. and, uh, uh, with uh, my boyfriend at the time was Gaza X and we had a, a recording studio and, and he was a wonderful producer and I was I continued to record right <laughs> because I had a studio in my house and um, so uh, you know I just kept writing and, and um, it just kind of kept going like that. And then there were people come in and uh, you know we recorded all kinds of you know interesting artists and I liked being around it and, right. And um, and you know that was it. But I'm I'm very slow in my recording process, and uh, so it was. It's good, and I still have a studio um, out here, so I'm able to record, which is fantastic because I'm really extremely slow in the in the studio. <laughs>
2: but do you love when you are in there? Do you love it?
0: I love it. I am. Yeah, I'm a studio rat. I'm just. Uh, I like when I like to hear the drums made. I like every step of it. I like like completely uh, sitting right there on e- in every step of it the mixing the every every moment moment of it I'm there whether Paul wants me to or not <laughs> just, I'm right there
2: so i guess the next recorded music then we hear from you is isn't until 1993 if i'm mm-hmm. correct uh, yeah. Frightened by Nightingales right which was a finally available digitally just this past year 2020 right uh, but that
0: was about as far away from Josie Cotton as I could get.
2: Absolutely. When I listened to that, because uh, yeah. I just listened to that recently for the first time. And um, it, I, I mean, I, I liked it. My my favorite song, I think, is uh, In the World Tonight. I think that's a killer. <laughs> It's really yeah. nice, but it is I really like it too. You did um I don't want to say abandoned the sound, but it's 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 much different from the first two records. But as an yeah, artist just, but as an artist, that's what you want. You want to grow. You don't want to do the same thing your whole entire life.
0: Well that was what was frustrating to to be me. Um I, I my musical tastes were vast. And and just to, to be doing 80s music for all this time. And some people never stopped doing 80s music. Right. I would have lost my mind. They would have had to put me in an institution <laughs> so long ago, like screaming. <laughs> so I said, well, this I'm free. I can I can I have a studio. I, you know, I can experiment that this that record was was <laughs> As a singer, it was such a challenging record to record. It was a totally different part of my voice. And I really, uh, I was free to do it because it, there weren't really very many, uh, not much of it had I written. And it was more about me really believing in the, the producer and writer, Bill Ray. He was such an incredible talent. And I thought, well, I, I don't think I can do this for myself yet but I can do this for him Yeah. and I'll put my name on it and it'll help him. I really didn't, I didn't think of it as like a continuation of my career or anything. I just, you know, I just wanted to do music and I, and, and I didn't want to quite be Josie Cotton. And so I, I misspelled my name and uh, <laughs> <it was just laughs> ridiculous as if someone wouldn't know this, but um, so yeah, um, yeah, so that was that, and but that I had so much fun doing that record. So that was absolute f- uh, freedom, you
2: know. You yeah, you probably had more fun doing that record than you did the first two records. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay, it so is. then then no new music for thirteen years, two thousand six, and then well, we have for the
0: public. I, I, well, I yeah,
2: I, you're I, still doing stuff, but we're not hearing yeah. it. But right, this movie disaster music. All these songs are written by you. Yeah, and that's the thing I want. I mean, actually,
0: actually the the song, the record I did next after after um, uh, "Fighting by Nightingales" was the uh, the invasion of the Bee Girls. That was, but I didn't put that out for a long time. Yes. Um, but but the next one that came out, you're right, it was movie disaster music. Yeah.
2: So I want to I want to give you credit for writing all these songs too, because again. The sexism in the music business, I think a lot of times when there's a female singer, everyone thinks that someone else is writing those songs and you're just takes choosing songs. Uh, I don't know if you feel that way, but um oh, yeah. Yeah. But this album, this is all Josie Cotton. And there's definitely a theme to this album. How would you describe it?
0: Oh, there is? I, I don't know what that is. I uh I think it's 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 kind of it's kind of dark. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's a, a lot of the musicians were uh, uh, really messed up humans. I don't know. It was just, it's just, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a journey. I don't know. What do you call it? Uh, what is it?
2: I don't know, but I can tell you that the song Beautiful But Deadly, it reminds me of like a James Bond theme song.
1: Just another sad cliche You just as soon forget And it's more than you can take Upon your broken head Everything was too far gone Something deep inside
0: Did you read that in my, in my, I did uh,
2: not. I did not.
0: Because that was, uh, that was at a time when it almost was used in the James as a James really.
2: Martin oh, song. yeah. That it was so
0: been... close. It, it was like, we oh. were, we were writing up the papers and then the, the guy from, um, um, I can't remember. There's a really famous musician who came in and he decided to, to do it. And then I said, well, sorry, we're, we can't use your song, but. How perfect would that have been?
2: That would have been perfect. And I swear to God that I did not read this anywhere. I'm a big James Bond fan. And anytime I yeah. hear songs that remind me of a James Bond theme, I'm like, oh, that just that that just grabs me. So beautiful but deadly. It's, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I
0: love that. I I I borrowed that that title from a um, from a newscast. There was some crazy it was a woman of, uh, Uh, she was a criminal, she was a thief, she robbed banks, she was in jail, she escaped, I can't remember her name, but they were doing this newscast, and they said, the beautiful but deadly, Bambi, blah, 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 and I went, beautiful but deadly. Perfect. Oh, my God, that's just, I'm taking that one. Take it. So good.
2: So now you're telling me that the album that came out in 2007, Invasion of the Bee girls that was actually recorded before movie Disaster Music. Yeah. Okay, now this is a really cool album also. This might be my favorite of your albums. I love this album. So it's so awesome. It's got this sixties vibe, and now are these songs? They're from B movies, right? Right. So these are songs that are in. I mean, some people love B movies, and some people think B movies are bad. So let's say these are. Is it? uh, I think. I think I did read this one. These are like great songs from bad movies. Is that a, is that a way well, to I mean, describe great,
0: it? Great good, "great" in quotation marks yeah. and also, uh, you know, good in quotation marks. Yeah. And what is bad yeah. and what is good. Exactly. I, I've always loved science fiction and, uh, exploitation movies and, uh, uh, which sounds much worse than it is. But, um, and then I fell in love uh, later in life with, uh, Russ Meyer and, uh, uh, you can safely call those. Exploitation yes, movies. for sure. For sure. But, um, you know, so, um, I, you know, since I was a little girl, that was my escape. And, um, I was just, uh, was watching one of these movies, uh, um, uh, where Mothra and Godzilla are saving the world and they're the twins in the flower. Yes. You know? I
2: know that but, movie well.
0: And it was this most beautiful song. And I just, I just remember, th- Sitting there and, and realizing that my most favorite thing in the world wasn't wasn't something was incredibly beautiful, you know, and and, and sad and hilarious funny all at the same time. And I was like, what is that emotion? Is there a name for that? Because that is the most incredible thing. It was so absurd and so so sad and so beautiful, and uh, I thought. I've got to do a, I've got to do a record of all B movie theme songs because that's my favorite thing in the world, that feeling, and so I, I ended up doing that song and I um I in in Japanese I did it phonetically and. Uh, It last year, um, the, my my friend in Tokyo, he is a he's a DJ, and he says he says your diction is perfect. How did you learn your Japanese <laughs> diction? I was reading it from a piece of paper, like la nuta chika Like I had no idea, but the the translation was so beautiful, and um, yeah, so that that was the most the singular most fun I've ever had in a studio. It was so r- ridiculously fun.
2: And from this story what I'm gathering is Josie Cotton wants to experience all the emotions all at one time. That's what yes. you like.
0: Yes.
2: Well, there are some uh, there's some great songs on here. Uh, Get Off The Road.
1: We are the hell that nobody
0: Yeah, uh, have you seen movies have you seen i have movies?
2: not seen these movies i have not oh. seen these movies are not in my wheelhouse of what i enjoy but russ i russ
0: meyer you don't know yeah russ meyer? i
2: know i know who russ meyer is he always wants the girls with the big uh no that
0: was later this is was, this was these are earlier we like, yes what yes. one
2: can you what one can you recommend uh, to Bastard, me
0: pussycat kill kill
2: that's the one you would recommend as and, a starting and
0: also, point and beyond uh, beyond the Valley of the dolls. Those two movies are epic. These are, uh,
2: and these, was, these are, the, these are the films that Tarantino likes also. Uh,
0: probably yeah. he should. but, um, yeah, the boob movies came later. Okay. Uh,
2: That's what but, I always think. I always, when I hear Russ Meyer, I think of the boob movies. It's, it's, I know,
0: but, uh, uh, Fa- uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill is, is actually in the Museum of Modern Art It is it is so well filmed And it is so ahead of its time And the music is so incredible In both of those movies
2: Well I'm going to see Now I'm, I'm going to watch that movie I'm right. going gonna, gonna to start there uh, yeah. And Who, Who Killed Teddy Bear I love that song One way is that songs yeah. are really cool and it is good that you recorded these and get them out there so that people who aren't familiar with these films can at least use the music as a jumping off point
0: well yeah so bravo it, it had to be like a, a a a really kind of crazy movie uh um and then also had to have a like a song that i that i thought was was really uh, would be fun to sing right you know, so I had to watch so many movies. <laughs> I went on a movie junket for like a, a long time, and I had the, the longest late charges at this one place that I've ever <laughs> ever had. And and uh, yeah, so
2: some people listening won't even know what that means—a late, late charge know, on a on charge, a video.
0: Yeah. yeah, at a video store, Mondo Video. That was. That
2: oh, was I remember it? that store. I remember that. Yeah. So go, uh, what's
0: a really horrible movie? Can you tell me a really horrible movie that has a great song? And he'd go, oh, well, try this one. You know, She Devil's on Wheels. <laughs> it's a girl biker movie.
2: When I first moved out here, I used to see uh, Johnny Ramon at a lot of those uh, oh, yeah? places renting renting all the movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was a big thrill for me to see Johnny Ramon rent a movie. What 2010, Pussycat Babylon. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Pussycat Babylon, because that's the one that I don't own and that I don't know anything about.
0: Oh, you haven't heard that one? I have
2: not heard that one.
0: Well, that's that's our next uh, re-release. That was where I went, uh, Electronica. Okay. And uh, that one was a lot of people, it's their favorite record I ever did. I wrote all the songs on this one too, and uh, yeah, I I, I really uh, I wish more people had heard that. But I, I had a few of the songs; uh, they they were dance remixes that got a huge amount of uh, action in Europe and mm-hmm. whatnot. And Tiësto did one of them, that famous, a huge DJ in in Europe. So he um, got a number twelve on the on the Billboard Dance Chart. That's great. About- about ten years. So that was that. That was nice. And that one's but, coming.
2: That one's coming. That one's coming out next.
0: Yeah, there's a video for that. For that. Um, uh, that record also. That's for. See the new Hong Kong is is probably my favorite song on that record. I wake up with the TV on. Fly away, see
1: the new Hong Kong. Asian girls just slightly out of focus. a movie in my head, projecting from my bed, drowning out the splashing sounds of summer, When I lost the seventh one.
2: That's on YouTube. Can we see that on YouTube?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, see cool. I'll
2: try to pull a clip from that and insert it into this episode before nice, it drops. Nice. 2019, 19, every day like Christmas. You were, you finally, you finally write a Christmas song. Is that something that you had wanted to do for a long time? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. So how does that happen?
0: Well, I had a song uh, that I wrote quite a while back and my, my publisher called me and she said, I have a Christmas emergency. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I never heard of that before, but apparently it's a, it's a thing she had anyway. She said, we need a christmas song and i'd always i always toyed around with changing the the lyrics in that particular song would have been a pretty um christmas song i thought uh just you know not that i wanted to but um uh you know was dying to do it but when i put to the task i i i, be, I realized that I should have wanted to because it was really it was really lovely to be able to express something that wasn't corny and that uh, <clears throat> wasn't uh, too many cliches. Right, and that um, was heartfelt. And I, th- I think at a time the world could use a message like that. It's you know,
2: it's a good one. You you nailed it. You did a good job. It's it's hard to do an original Christmas song, but you did it. It is. It really <laughs> is. All right. So, 2020 release a single. Ukrainian cowboy backed with cold war spy
1: Something's coming But I don't know what Look out the window someone's looking up Same face from the rest of
2: Yeah. So that's the newest of the new, right? That's the newest music that uh, people can go yeah. and download and purchase. Did you
0: see that video, of the Ukrainian cowboy?
2: I, I don't think I did see the video for Ukrainian oh, cowboy. Am I disappointing you every time you ask me something? I go, <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> no. see it. I will go see it though. I will go watch it now. But I did not yeah. know. Ukrainian I did not. Ukrainian
0: cowboy is like, you know, it's pretty funny. I, I, I like humor and in every everything. Yeah. Uh, So,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. If you, I think what's better, there's nothing better than laughing.
0: There's nothing better than laughing. Well, you know, maybe one other thing. Okay.
2: We know what it is. We know what it is. Um, If I were to ask you who are some of your musical influences, like when you were a kid growing up or younger, who did you look to? What vocalists did you like? And, And male and female, whoever it is
0: yeah i mean i would i was definitely influenced by uh various female singers and, and songwriters i uh, um i mean there's so many i um you know i i mean i'm a, I'm a child of the uh british invasion so mm-hmm. that was always you know uh, mu- you know songwriting wise but in terms of just out and out singing uh Dionne Warwick, Tammy Wynette, Lulu, um, um, you know, that, that type of, uh, you know, did I say Dusty Springfield already? Um,
2: no, you did not. But th- this is, oh, okay. uh, th- all of these make sense. Yeah. From what we oh, know Wanda about,
0: Jackson, Jackson, you know. Oh yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, all- those all make sense. Uh, uh yeah. none good. of those surprise me when I think of the career that you have had. Those are right on point.
0: Very good then. I'm doing all right.
2: I just want to say, Josie, you have been delightful to chat with today, and I thank you so much for giving me this time. This was fantastic.
0: Well, thank you. This was
2: fun. Now, I always ask, uh, I always do a playout song at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's do some promoting first. First of all, JosieCotton.com is where we can find everything about you, correct?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, Absolutely. I,
2: and you have a Twitter account, but it doesn't seem like you're active on Twitter at all.
0: Well, you know... <laughs> People, I can't get it, make it go away. Someone said, oh, you know, about ten years ago, well, you got to open a Twitter account, and I was on there one time, and I didn't like it, and then I tried to get off of there, and they won't let me cancel it. (laughs) It's just why I have one message, and it's just there, and uh, they will not remove it. But I am, I'm on, I am pretty active uh, on Instagram and um, Josie Cotton official and Facebook. I'm, I'm reachable.
2: Cool, you know? cool, cool.
0: And I'm working on a new record right now. Uh, so I'm excited. I just had Clint Burt play drums on a couple of songs uh, for this new record. And uh, yeah, so that's that's fun. Um, oh,
2: so we can look for that this year or 2022? Oh,
0: yeah, or- yeah. oh, no, no. It's in the spring. And okay. we're uh, over halfway through with that. So
2: All right. So my final question is, we always end the episode with a playout song. So if you could choose okay. one one of your songs. I know that's difficult because people always say all their songs are their babies. What song would you like me to play out with today?
0: Um I would say uh Ukrainian Cowboys all right. is it's it's is pretty uh it's pretty uh current enough from last year and uh it it's a really sad song but it's also really funny. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the music musically there's just it has all that element in it. Excellent. And we did the video like a B movie, like a kind of Stalin meets uh, Tammy Wynette in the desert kind of a thing.
2: But. Well, well, that sounds, that sounds uh, eclectic to say the least. Yeah. Uh, Josie Cotton, thank you again for being on the show. You can follow us at rock solid show on Twitter and you can go to rock for all the episodes and everything about the show. And now I would like everyone to enjoy the song by Josie Cotton. Here is Ukrainian cowboy. I like to be able to see the person's face i'm talking to because yeah. so i know if uh if my line of questioning is pleasing them or not pleasing them too and that's you can really get that from from looking at each other right, so the
0: nuances and, and exactly. you're very good to look at y- yourself
2: so. oh well thank you so much